0: I'm going to read down to verse number seven. We started last week, starting the series to continue. I'll ask you just a few minutes if you remember what we talked about last week. And then once again, I will hopefully not be discouraged by your great answers. Second Timothy chapter number one says this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dearly beloved son grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfaith, unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee, by the putting of thy hands, putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's pray, and then we'll I'll ask you a few questions about what we talked about last week. Dear Holy Father God, we come to you tonight, Lord, I ask him for your help. Lord, there's nothing here we can do tonight. Lord, even though our singing's been well, Lord, and we've had fun. Lord, if you don't meet with us, Lord, we've met in vain. So, Lord, we ask that you would please work in our hearts, Lord, in these two short verses that we're going to look, look at tonight. God, I ask that you would please help us, Lord, in this study of Timothy, Lord, that we continue. Lord, most of us know exactly, Lord, for the most part, how we ought to live. And, God, now we need your help, Lord, in living it out. Lord, tonight as we talk about fear, God, I ask you to help us to learn to lean on you. Lord to let you totally take control of our lives God so that you can use us we love you we need your help we thank you for everything you'll do in Jesus name amen alright I asked you last I told you last week Paul is the writer of the book where is Paul at where is Paul at Andrew he's in prison where is that prison located geographically Jamie yes he's in Rome he's in Rome and Jamie I mean not Jamie and Paul (laughs) Jamie, the author of this book, <laughs> under divine inspiration. No, and Paul is writing to Timothy, who is in what, what place? I told you where Timothy was last week. Timothy is the first bishop of, if you don't know, if you turn over to 1 Timothy chapter number 6, and then you look over in 1 Timothy chapter number 6, the last chapter, I mean the last verse, you look right below it, it tells you where Timothy was. Where was Timothy. At his house. (laughs) He was in his humble abode. Where was he? No, he was not in unit. Where? He was in Ephesus. Yes. He was in Ephesus. Yes. So Timothy's in Ephesus getting ridden by Paul. I told you last week. Let me ask you this. I asked you, I told you who was leader at the time Paul wrote this. Paul is about to go before someone. Yes. And I was about to say it's in that same spot in your Bible. So Nero... And so I told you about how bad Nero was. Well, tonight we're going to look at just simply verse 6 and 7 of 2 Timothy chapter number 1. We talked about last week that Paul, being an apostle, and his love for Timothy, how he ceased not to pray for him every day. And we talked about how the faith, the unfailing faith that he had, that was in his mother and in his grandmother. And then we come in verse number 6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Here we go. Paul's challenge to Timothy. It's time to stir up your faith. Paul tells Timothy, hey, that unfeigned faith that we talked about last week that's in you, that sincere moral conviction that was not hypocrisy. Timothy, that desire to stand up and do us right. It's time to stir it up. The word stir up means to rekindle. It means to rekindle, stir up, rekindle. You got it, Troy? All right, you're good. All right, the word throughout means rekindle. Paul urges Timothy to remember that unfaithing faith that he had and rekindle it. We talked about that. Paul says, hey, I remember that in you that dwell with your parents, I mean your grandmother and your mother, and now you carry that same faith. He says, I'm writing to you because I remember it. And now is the time that it's time to kindle it. That's time to go ahead and rekindle the fire. I would dare say that this—everybody's dropping the paper. Man, As I dare say this summer, most of you guys have made decisions at some point or another to do something spiritually for Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, how are you doing? I have in my office from some of the things that we've done, some of the decision cards that I've gotten back that someone gave me, whether you're a camp counselor or whatever— in my desk drawer, things that you guys have made decisions and went from Brother Farrell's meetings all the way through. Paul's writing to Timothy and he says, hey, Timothy, I remember that you had that faith. And you know what I'm writing to you now? We're talking about the whole theme of our study is continue. It's time to stir it up. It's time to rekindle that fire. See that same thing that you were excited about, Timothy, that same faith that you stood for, it's time to go ahead and start it back up. It he goes on to tell Timothy why. And we find out from here why we believe that Timothy is somewhat timid. We go to verse number seven, which is the one we want to spend the most time on. He says this. I mean, in your handout, it says, God has given us new items necessary for successful service. He says this. This is one of the powerful verses in the word of God. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. A, and God's giving us for service. A, fear does not help me serve God. Effectively. Fear does not help me serve God effectively. Fear, what is fear? It's a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc. Whether the threat is real or imagined. Fear. Yes. Rekindle? Paul or does Timothy remember that unfeigned faith that he had and rekindle it? Oh, did I put rekindle twice? It's trying to throw you off. Exactly. They say that to be able to teach teenagers, you've got to teach them and tell them what you taught them and then review what you taught them. So there we go. Yes, sir. What a stirrup means to rekindle. If you have any blank on that page, just write rekindle in it. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. So if there's any other blanks there, guys, just pretend like you know what you're doing. Just write rekindle. So, God has given you the items necessary for successful successful service. But the one he has not, he has not given us fear. Now, a lot of times we think of fear as a negative thing. We think of fear as being a coward. Fear is not a negative, fear is not always a negative thing. You know why I don't run out in the road in the middle of busy traffic and like in front of 18 Woods and things? Because I have this fear that I could get run over. And that fear stops me from doing those things. If right now, one of you guys pulled out a ball and threw it at my face, I would probably duck and move out of the fear that that would hit me in the face. Fear is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it keeps you sane. Fear that I wouldn't get on a roller coaster, God-given smarts (laughs) that God has put in my heart to know that, hey, to stay safe, you stay on the ground, even though these engineers think they have it all figured out, I'm going to be trust in the Lord. And so we're not going to them. But fear is, a, fear is a good thing. But see, in our service for Christ, fear is often what stops us from doing a lot of things. See, fear is a good thing when it keeps you from getting hurt. But fear is not a good thing when it stops you from serving. Back in when Ronald Reagan was president, a man tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan. He came up as Ronald Reagan was coming out from making a speech and he came out from around the corner Ronald Reagan was Ronald Reagan was waving and he pulled out a gun and shot off a couple of shots. If you watch the video, it's on YouTube. It's on a lot of other places of uh, this video. You'll see that Ronald Reagan's bodyguard jumps in front of Ronald Reagan and takes the bullets like almost instinctively. He's shooting, and he looks around. You see everyone else ducks, and one man jumps in front of the president and takes the bullet. When you're—I was watching this thing today because I'd watched it before, but I wanted to just read over i watch it again just to see. They're talking about the Secret Service. And the Secret Service, when you train for the Secret Service, their whole goal is to snap the fear, to make sure that when something happens, instead of responding like we would, that someone starts shooting— we all get down because that's what sane people would do. They teach to break them of that first response. And their first response is not in fear, but to react to the situation. They said that they, they they showed their track and all the things that they have to do to train for the secret service. And they showed how they'd have to run through and they have bombs going off and they have to keep running and be able to fire accurately as all these things are happening. As Christians, fear... Stops us from doing so many things. I've been to New York twice. I've been knocking on doors many times in my life. But when I go and knock on a door, one of the worst things in the world that cripples me from serving God is my fear. Knock on the door twice. <laughs> They're not home. <laughs> well, you know, it's Saturday early. Probably not. I'll just leave a track. Fear. I go to the. I go to check out at the grocery store. I have a track in my pocket. The lady there, in my mind, I think, oh, you know what? She may not need this. She probably goes to church somewhere. And I'll leave that pot- track in my pocket and I'll keep walking because of fear. Me, I have pastor on my door. People call me Pastor Burden. Whenever I walk up to the platform up there, I am gripped with fear. Whenever I walk the platform, some of you guys in here, you could walk up to that platform in church. You can say, do the announcements, do all those things that never even bother you. It terrifies me. My hands get cold. I start to sweat so I don't take off my jacket after I'm done. <laughs> but why? Because of fear. And Paul writes Timothy. He says, hey, it's time to stir up that gift. He says, Timothy, when you were ordained, I put my hands on you. Paul says that we laid hands on you. We ordained you to go and do something. Well, Timothy, if you're going to continue, you have to realize that one of the things that God is not giving you the spirit of, he is not giving you the spirit of fear. See, fear cripples us in everything. Fear cripples a young person to stand up in their school and do what is right. Well, if I do that, what are people going to think of me? If I say that, if I'm the one who steps up and says something about what everybody else is doing, what am I I going to look like? And Paul writes to and says, hey, God's given you a lot of things, but the spirit of fear is not one of them. To be crippled by fear is what stops so many of us from doing great things for God. And it's something so simple. Because most of the time, if it was a challenge, we know the guys in here, if it was a challenge, you take it. Oh, man, if it was something I, I can't do or whatever, I'll do whatever. But fear... Will stop us from doing anything for God. And he goes on, he says, fear does not help me from serving God effectively. This is what God has given us. B. God has given me the spirit of power. My fleshly response is fear. But what God has given me is the spirit of power. God allows me to do things in his miraculous strength that I would never be able to do effectively in my own strength. God allows me to do things in his miraculous strength that I would never be able to in my own strength. Whenever we sometimes read the the spirit of power in the Bible, you hear preachers talk about the Greek word is dunamis and it means we get our word from dynamite. And you think power. You know what? We hold, we have power from God that we hardly ever use. I think I've told you guys this before. When When we first got my wife's little yellow car a little yellow cavalier we were i was going to get a pizza and we had just got it and so i was doing all the tests to to really make sure that this thing could do what it what it's supposed to do and so i'd always spin off and even though it's a little yellow cavalier spinning tires and all that just because i want to make sure it does what it's supposed to i remember another guy pulled up beside me while i was going to get a pizza and he had a cavalier it was blue but he had all he liked that that Tailpipe on it makes a lot of noise, like and all this stuff, and he had all this this goofy stuff all over the side, all these stickers and stuff. So I was like, this we just we just drove this off the lot, buddy. So your your little blue cavalier over here is not gonna do anything to my wife's yellow cavalier. So the light turned red. I mean red, <laughs> turned green. <laughs> I like to do things really on the edge. No. <laughs> the light turned green, and I remember we both took off. And we were going down the road and we were probably going like 16 or 45, even though Phil's here and I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> but we were going 16 or 45, and so I was flying, and I remember I drove up behind a Mustang. It was like a Mustang, like going in, in the right lane, I was in the right lane, and I, I couldn't get by. And he was behind somebody else, but I was like, I'm gonna get past him from the path. And so as soon as this Mustang's, I, I don't know if he even slowed down a little bit more, but the dude got away and he's like way out there. So I come around the side of this Mustang, I look over. This is a GT. I mean, I know it's not like a Shelby or anything, but it's still a Mustang. And go on, and there's this little old lady sitting like with her whole body smashed into the steering wheel, just driving down the road. And I was thinking, man, out of all the things to get stopped by, out of all the things that hold me up, it's this old lady that has this car with all the power in the world. See, what Paul's writing to Timothy is this. Timothy, you will be crippled, stopped from doing anything great for God by fear. But see, God's given you power. And see, some of us have never even tapped into it. See, God gives us the power to do things that I am not physically able to do. I will tell you that when I was going through school, I think I told you this before, doing a book report, doing a science project, fear clenched me. I was in a play one time growing up. And I remember after playing my part, I was a major role in the play. And I remember after doing my role in the play, I went home and I threw up and I was sick for like two days. Because I just desperately hated being in front of people. And even now, just like I said, walking into the auditorium is a big deal for me. I remember the first time I had ever preached at Trinity Baptist Church. I spent more time praying for that message than I actually did studying for it. Because that was so terrifying. See, God says, hey, I'm not giving you the spirit of fear. What would stop you from doing what's right What would stop you from serving God? What would stop you from going farther for God? He says, no, God's giving you the power, the spirit of power. So see, the things that you say, I can't do, God steps in. He says, I'll do it through you. Well, Pastor Burton, I cannot stand up and do this, or I cannot stand up and say this. I cannot go among my friends and tell them about my Jesus Christ God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. It's time to stir up the gift that's in you. Stop being afraid, Timothy. Because God's given you power. You say, you know what, Pastor Burton, there's some things in my life that aren't spiritual that I just can't handle. You know what, Pastor Burden, school is hard for me. See, God has not given you the power of fear, but he's given you the spirit of power. See, God can do things in me, in my life, that I cannot do myself. And whenever I get a handle on that, God can use me. This is what we think power is. If I say, you know what? I have a hard time. Let's, let's do, throw it out, whatever. I have a hard time passing out tracts. And we say, you know what? God, I need your help to pass out tracts. And so I spend a good five seconds in prayer. Lord, help me pass out a track. I haven't been five seconds yet. So Lord, help me pass out a track again. And I go out and I try to do something and I say, you know what, I couldn't do it because, you know what, I I prayed about it. I really tried to do it and I couldn't do it. Some things we can do in our own strength. Just like I said, some of you can go up in the auditorium right now because you have speaking abilities. And you could go in, if that auditorium was packed out, it would not even make you flinch to step out in front. But see, the thing is, you have no power to change anything. You have no power to change one life. If I did have speaking abilities and I could get up and I could speak most eloquently. I have not any power to save a soul. I have no power to help any of you change your lives. See, Paul writes to Timothy. Hey, Timothy, that gift. It's time to stir it up. Hey, Timothy, you got to stop being a coward. That's what that word fear means. Hey, it's time to step up. God didn't give you a spirit of fear gave you a spirit of power. It's time that I start trusting God. Well, Pastor Burton, I have a need in my life, and you know what? I'm just, I'm really nervous right now because I don't know how God's going to work this thing out. I was talking and telling you guys about Cody that went over to West Coast, that um, packed his family up and moved out to West Coast with all, all what he could fit into his van. He called me today, and he said, you know what, Aaron, and I we're praying. I have a school bill coming up he's like, hey, he called me this morning. We spent about an hour talking and praying together. And I look at his life and I say, man, you know what? God's done way more than what you ever needed so far. I think we can trust God to do a little bit more. See, what happens is we get afraid. Well, God, I don't know how I'm going to respond to this situation. God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I can't do this. And we stand like Saul when Saul gets ordained king and says, you know what? I'm going to go hide because I can't do this. But see, God's given us power. He's given us the spirit of power. Let her see, God's given me the spirit of love. God empowers me to love him and others around me the way he loves. God's given me power. God's given me the spirit of love. You know that really when it comes down to it, I do not have the capacity to love God in the way that I ought. I was thinking about this today. That as much as I say I love God, I really have to get, down to, to get down to where I really love God. I need God's help just to love him. In my mind, I have this version of love. A human version. You read over in 1 John 4.18. I think I wrote it down for you. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. That fear it is not made perfect in love. When I look at things in my life and I look at God and how much God loves me, my fear should vanish. See, Paul's writing to Timothy and saying, to Timothy, this. God's not giving you the power of fear. To be afraid of all the circumstances and all the things that come in your life, to cripple you from doing what God wants you to do, God is not giving you that. But he's giving you the spirit of power. He's giving you the spirit of love. What the Bible says when it says, perfect love casts all all fear, here's what it's saying. When I love God and he loves me, and that love is the way it should be, completed in Christ, God can bring whatever in my life and I do not fear because perfect love casts out fear. Well, God, you put me in this situation. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. Completed love, my love for God and God's love for me. I can rest in the thing. You know what? God wants what's best for me and God wants whatever in my life to bring him honor and glory so I can do that. Well, God, you don't understand. See, if you really wanted me to do this, you'd give me this. Or if you really wanted me to have this talent ability. No, When it comes down to it. Perfect love. Casts out my fear. If I love God as I ought. I could stand up in my school and I could share God's word without fear. Because I know, hey, God's told me, he said he'd give me the power to. I could stand up in my friends that are Christians, that don't act like they ought to, don't talk like they ought to. And I can stand up for God because perfect love casts off fear. If I love God the way I ought, see, it doesn't make me afraid. When we go to New York, I told you guys this before. I remember the first time Pastor Scott told me to walk out and go look for a park. I walked out, looked at the park, there was enough people in the park. To have a meeting looked at every situation i thought no they're they're just these are rich people they're not going to want what we have and i told natalie i said let's walk back we don't need to do this and then as i'm walking back it's almost like the holy spirit just grabbed me these people need jesus and i walked back to the van i said natalie we're gonna tell pastor Scott we're gonna do it and i remember after that meeting an unsaved lady came to me after the meeting, she said, and I told her, she was like, well, I appreciate you so much coming from this park and coming to tell our kids about Jesus. She wasn't even saved. And I said, yeah, when we first came out here, I was scared to death. I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't, we weren't even going to come here. And she said, are you serious? You aren't going to come here? You just need to trust your God. Perfect love casts out fear. When I love God the way I ought, it should cast out the fear of my life, the things that scare me to do things for him. Well, I would give my life to God, but I don't know who I'd mirror. I'd give my life to God, but I don't know where I had to go to school. I would give my life perfect love. God's not giving me the spirit of fear, but he's giving me the spirit of power to do things that I cannot do in and myself. He's given me the spirit of love that, hey, if I love God the way I ought and love others the way I ought, it would cast out the fear that hinders me from serving God. Lastly, deep. God has given me the spirit of a sound mind. The sound mind is simply this: it's discipline and self-control. God empowers me to have discipline to do the things that my flesh does not desire to do. God empowers me to have the discipline to do the things that my flesh does not desire to do. When I don't, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, we're selfish. We live in the flesh, what our flesh does. This morning, I looked at, I know what a time I need to be here. I looked, at the alarm, I looked at the clock this morning, laid in bed, and I saw that it was almost 8 o'clock. Then I was like, you know what? If I can sleep a couple more minutes, I can run and spend the shower quick. It takes me about 25 minutes to drive to church. I'll be right there. I need to be here at 9 because I knew Cody was going to call me today at 9 o'clock. He already told me he was going to call me at 9 o'clock. So I was like, if I can walk in my office at 9 o'clock, I'll be ready for the call. We'll talk and we'll pray. And I remember looking at the clock. See, what he's talking about here is the sound mind is we need to discipline our flesh. See, God gives me the power to do the things that I, my flesh, does not want to do. My flesh does not want in any way to be made fun of because it hurts my pride. That's why I won't pass that track. My flesh does not want any way to be belittled. So that's why I won't stand up and do what's right. That's why I won't walk away when I ought not to. My flesh desires sinful things. That's why I'll watch whatever I want to watch on television. That's why I'll watch movies that I ought not, listen to music that I ought not. See, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but he's given me the spirit of love I mean, a power of love and of sound mind, the discipline to do what I know I ought to do. We struggle and it's sad and we come to live with it. We struggle with sin and we have come to live with it. That is just this is what we do. Well, I know I have a bad thought life. I know I talk about people. I know I do this. I know I have this problem and I just come to live with it. You know, what? it's something that I I just deal with. We're all sinners. I struggle here. Paul's writing to Timothy, hey, God's given you power to be able to have self-discipline. Hey, I know I how to do my devotions. So God, I need your help to do what my flesh doesn't want to. My flesh doesn't want to get out of bed, God. My flesh doesn't want to pray. I got so many things running through my mind. God says, hey, I've given you the spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. You can have that discipline. You can do those things that you say I can't. It always it always jumps out at me. Whenever when somebody says, I would serve God, but I can't do this. I would serve God, but I can't give up. Fill in the blank. I would serve God, but I can't really, in my life, I can't really witness, so I, I can't serve God to the full extent. No, Paul's writing Timothy, a young pastor in Ephesus. Timothy I know the things going on. He even talks in in chapter 3 and 4 about all the bad things that are going to happen. I know that bad things are going to happen. I know what you're going through, Timothy. But guess what? Right now, it's time to stir up the gift. It's time to pretty much be revived, Timothy. If you're going to continue and do what you know you ought to do, you're going to have to pretty much wake up. Rekindle the fire. Because, see, God has not called you to be scared, Timothy. Earlier in my ministry. As a youth pastor, I would actually lose sleep to have to tell a teenager something was wrong in their life. I would let in bed and think, you know what, I can't tell them that. I'd look him in the face and be like, I'm just not going to bring it up right now. You know what? God's not giving me this spirit of fear. But he's giving me power of love and of sound mind. It takes God's power for Aaron Burden to do what he doesn't want to do. Oh, well, I gotta tell the seniors that they ought to straighten their life. Perfect love casts out fear. Well, if I love them and I love Christ the way I ought to, it shouldn't bother me because I want to help them. It gives me the discipline to do things my flesh doesn't want to do. See, we can walk the normal way, like every other teenager, like every other Christian. We can let the fear of my circumstances, God, I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this, I don't know how you're gonna handle this situation. I can let the fear of whatever. I, I want to try and share my faith, but I, I don't know how to. I really want to stand for God, but I don't know how I ought to do that the right way. I can let those things cripple me. Or I can open my Bible, claim the promises of the word of God, and say, you know what? God's not called me. He has not given me spirit of fear. Anytime fear stops you from serving God, you can go ahead and mark it down. It is the devil. God has not given a spirit of fear, but he says, I've given you power. I've given you the ability to do things that are above what you can do. Hey, I can't. Do, I would serve God, but I can't. Hey, God's given you the power. He's given you the power of love. To actually love God the way you are and love others is the way God does. Well, they said something to me that I don't like. He's given you a spirit of love. He's given you a spirit of sound mind. Spiritual discipline to do things that I don't want to do and my flesh doesn't like, and I'm gonna, but I'm going to do it anyway because I know what God's called me to do. Timothy, it's time to stir it up. It's time to get revived. It's time to wake up and stop living the status quo. God, that unfailing faith that's in you, that moral character that you have, Timothy, that you've been raised by your grandmother and mother, it's time to let it come out now. It's time to do something for God. So let me ask you guys, God's not giving us the spirit of fear, power of sound mind. I mean, power of love in our mind. Why are we not doing more for Christ? Is it because we're crippled by fear? God's word says we don't have to be. He gives us more than what we need to live the Christian life the way he wants us to live. Let's pray. The Father, God, we thank you for your love. God, I know this passage, God, is an awesome passage. The Lord and I have in no way done it justice. But Lord, I ask you to help us not to be gripped by fear in whatever error we have in life. God, there's so many things that stop us, that hinder us from serving you, Lord, to our fullest capacity. And Lord, most of the time it's fear, it's pride that keeps us from doing what you'd have us to do. But Lord, I ask you to help us to claim it tonight. God, that you've given us the spirit of power, God, to do what we can't do, the spirit of love, the Lord to love that we can't, like we can't love, that we don't even know about. And God, to have the spiritual discipline, the sound mind, to be able to discipline ourselves to do things our flesh doesn't want to like for your glory. God, we need your help so badly. Well I should help your Holy Spirit to do and work in a way I cannot. Lord, be with our groups tonight. Be with our small groups. Lord, we ask that you'd work in our hearts and work in our lives. We thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen.